Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love The Real Housewives. I'm your host, Connor Bean, and thank you so much for joining me for another week of in-depth, extremely nerdy and very satisfying Real Housewives discussion. Thank you so much for your lovely messages about last week's episode with Evan Ross Katz. It was such a treat to speak to him. I hope you're doing well. I'm just so glad it's not January anymore. (laughs) That was the longest January we have ever had. I can't. January in lockdown. Are you kidding me? No, it doesn't bear thinking about. So I'm glad it's February for that reason, at least. And thank you for all your support on the show so far. It is crazy to think we're on episode 16 already. Lots of um, crazy stuff happening in the Housewives world at the moment. Barbara Kay, formerly of Real Housewives of New York, is now running for mayor of New York. Apparently there's like over 20 people in the in the race, so I don't know how good a shot she has, but maybe she'll pop back up on Housewives with that storyline. Who can say? There's all that stuff about Erica Jane renting a new place that's supposedly beside where Army Hammer was living at one point. And if you know anything about what's going on with Army Hammer at the moment, you'll know how daunting that is. It's all going on. But in our little patch of Real Housewives chat, things are hopefully a bit of escape from what's going on in the world. So without any further ado, here is this week's guest. It's Carla Kay on Housewives and Me. My guest today is one half of the super popular podcast, The Unpopular Opinion. She co-hosts the show with Jen Hatton. And on Instagram, she gives you beauty looks and more than just a little bit of tea as well. I'm very excited to have on Housewives of Me, Carla Kay. Hello, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You're one of those people when I realised you watch Real Housewives, I was like, oh, that's knowledge now in the back of my head. Do you know, I, someone will mention it in pass and I'm like, oh no, there'll be a guest now one day. <laughs> it's like a file I keep on my mind. Yeah, so I um, uh, I have been watching Housewives on and off, I want to say, for nine years, maybe. Wow. And I remember the first ones that I ever watched was New York. So you watch, what shows are you watching at the moment? I know you said you kind of started with New York back in the day. What is your current kind of Housewives viewing schedule like? My current Housewives is I'm catching up on Beverly Hills. So I stopped two seasons ago I think because I just got oh, wow. too busy um but I'm a little like I'm a bravo whore like I will watch anything <laughs> bravo puts out um but I found that it was kind of repeat drama and I was like are we fucking still talking about <laughs> cocktail glass for god you know this kind of thing yeah <laughs> I was just a little bit over um and then I started Salt Lake City which is just so chaotic um so I I'm I'm in the middle of first season of Salt Lake City so I'm pretty much like I pretty much live my life through the Beverly Hills Housewives and um but right now I'm kind of I'm on the the Salt Lake City buzz I'm I'm kind of getting my you know initial thoughts initial you know initial tuck in to those guys but um I I know of a lot of the Housewives over the years my thing is that I get really overwhelmed you know when there's so many seasons whether it's Beverly Hills I think when did that start 2012 yeah, it will be about 10 years now. And it's funny because that's what's coming up when I just get messages from people who maybe listen to this podcast and they've started. They're like, where do I go next? There's so many seasons. I'm like, you have to just chip away at it mm-hmm. bit by bit, like mm-hmm. life in general. You just one foot in front of the <laughs> other. Day, day by day. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly it. Whether it's I'd love to like, say for like Atlanta, I always wanted to watch it, but I got overwhelmed. Um, And that's kind of how I feel about a, a lot of the seasons. A lot of the girls I know, uh, just from their looks, just from their glam. I um, would know Candy. Uh, Karen. Karen Huger. Is that Huger? Huger? Huger. Yeah. Huger. Karen Huger. Um, 
those would be kind of like the main girls that would pop out to me. Um, what's her name? Oh, I have her here on my Instagram. Give me two seconds. Uh, oh, you're like, she's in the saved. <laughs> she's in, I literally, I'm like, I've like saved all these looks down because I'm like, wow, girl, you know what's up. Sorry, what is wrong with me? Kim. Kim Zosiak. Yeah. She's well out of, she's well out of the, out of the, out of the franchise at this point. But yes. yeah, she was another one for me. Really? Because I, like, I'm just, I mean, this is going on the podcast. People are really sick of me saying this. I wouldn't be a fan of Kim Zosiak, the reality star, but I'm curious, what is it about her glam that is appealing because to me she looks so insane because i remember her when so i'm always like oh my god i just see like too much work when i see kim so i'm like okay remove that bias like <laughs> this is my thing i love like again rena love the fact that she commits to the aesthetics mm-hmm. i kind of love the fact that kim and is it brielle is her daughter brielle brianna yeah yeah i love that whole i just think it's so bizarre it's like looking into the cat lady's life it's really <laughs> it's really like window looking in I find her fascinating um, and I just love to kind of tap in every so often I think there's been like we'll get into it in a bit but there's been such a movement and a change in makeup artists and I find it hilarious because like all of the housewives there's always one that sets it off and then they slowly but surely come up the same way and what do you mean do you mean in terms of the like style of glam that they do or just like uh, their fashion taste their fashion taste and the style of glam that they do. Like, I feel there has been, over the years, like, if you even look back at the first season of Real Housewives, you can, like, you know, Adrian is rocking the same glam, that Lisa is rocking the same glam. Like, all of them are rocking the same kind of, like, heavy smoke, light pink lip, Angel by Mac, always the way. They're always kind of working that same way versus when you go into, like, the later seasons. Like, Erica came in and, like, Dorit just saw that as game on, (laughs) you know? Yeah, yeah. And then they just leveled up consistently. And then God bless, like Teddy was trying to get involved. You know, you know, it's bad times when Teddy's trying to actually get involved with like a bit of glam. It's funny, actually. It's so random that you're saying that because last night I was on watching TV and I do this thing where like I'll kind of go on YouTube after watching something on telly just to like as a palate cleanser. And I'll be like, I just want to watch like two or three videos for a total of 10 minutes max, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I ended up getting recommended a few Real Housewives of Beverly Hills videos. And it was like scenes from like season seven and seven and eight of Erica saying this to this person or a compilation. And it was so funny because seeing the difference in glam and work people have had done and fillers and stuff it's actually wild and because I watch the seasons as they air it kind of creeps up on me and I was like oh my god Mm -hmm. they actually all look so different and you're right the aesthetics actually do start to kind of merge they all start copping each other and they all look more and more like Barbie dolls it's wild it's like they watch the confessionals after every season and they're like that that's what I'm looking for and I found it really interesting like the movement of of makeup artists as well like Dorit used to use um a guy called makeup by Samuel and he Mm -hmm. was very like her 2018 glam so she was kind of trying to get on it you know she was trying to be she was trying to be that bitch but she wasn't and um (laughs) moving toward it he's actually signed by the wall group so he does a lot of stuff in like New York now does BB Rex's glam a lot um he's he's again really high standard but now she's moved on to Stephen T um tech Stephen T is his name on Instagram if anybody's wondering but like he does everyone and he does a lot of the American big influencers like your Desi Perkins and all of those kind of like huge American influencers so whenever they like they're they're beauty stars like they do their own makeup but then whenever they have an event or they're doing a launch or they launch something kind of big he kind of does theirs but I feel like with 
Stephen T. You don't just get Stephen T. You get like his edit. <laughs> and I think that's like what everybody looks for because I even noticed that you kind of can talk about, I feel like you can talk about glam in the US and on TV without talking about the Kardashians. You just can't. Yeah, I was just going to bring them up actually. Yeah, that's so true. And I feel like with the Kardashians, not only did that, but they brought a new aesthetic to Instagram. It's this really like cream looking filter that makes their skin and like their eyes just pop but their skin just kind of like melts almost into the background and chloe god bless her has gotten you know called out a thousand times because you know her face isn't there anymore um and especially now that she's on like her ninth or tenth face that she's really kind of like she's getting (laughs) people are really bringing the heat on her but i found that it's it's really funny because i feel like what happens to the kardashians the housewives will pick up on a year later for sure and it's funny you bring up the kardashians because even when you were saying oh you know so and so works with steven t or this person on the first thing i thought of was like kim kardashian and her makeup artist mario or even chris appleton who does the mm-hmm. hair for her and for JLo. Mm-hmm. and you also because a lot of these particularly with housewives of beverly hills like there is a crossover of like chris jenner and starting to call richards and lisa rinna knows blah 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 and like this weird like kind of the pool that a lot of these kind of reality TV people are in is already very small. So of course they're kind of, they know each other then they copy the looks and then they're all on TV looking at themselves and sharing pictures of themselves on Instagram and filtering. And it, it's just wild. Like in a way, as you mentioned earlier, I kind of love it because in my head it reminds me of drag and it's kind of camp. But then another way I'm like, this is such an extreme hyper feminine, hyper glam version of beauty that it must just be exhausting to like do it all the time. It's such high glam, but I think there's some reward for it. And I, as I said earlier about them, it's like they watch that season and they're like, fuck, and Erica, like Erica Jane always is a step ahead of them. And it's, mm-hmm. like it's like they're constantly in this race to try and get to her. Yeah, and I noticed that one of Erica's main makeup artists is a guy called Preston. I, I just see the Instagram handle, so I'm like, Preston Makeup, that's probably not his name. I'm guessing his surname isn't makeup just yet, but he does like glam for Janet Jackson. And he's like, he strikes me as someone who's been around a while. And I always think, Erica, I mean, now there's questions about her money and how much money she does or doesn't have. But I always got the sense she was using the real A-list pop star glam money. She prioritized glam, though. And I think it's so obvious over the years who does and doesn't prioritize glam. Like, Candy has always prioritized glam. And you can tell with the way that, she, like, her interview looks are as well. Um, and it's funny because Candy's not the most interesting face. She doesn't have the most interesting makeup, but I think she's the most consistent. Yeah, Candy's an interesting one because I think Candy, I just have, I, uh, like, I'm a Candy stan in general. I mm-hmm. think she's so naturally beautiful. Yeah. And I really appreciate with her. Like, you know, now in Atlanta, she has like the boobs up and the hair done and she's in full beat, but she still looks like herself. And I always love that Candy's glam and and gorge, but I don't feel like she's makeuped herself into oblivion like some other real housewives have. I'm like, I don't probably know enough about the other guys to be here, but I find it absolutely like hilarious when you compare, God bless them, the cast of Salt Lake City. the cast of Beverly Hills I'm like I'll see you in six seasons girls (laughs) for sure yeah there is a difference and even because Jen Shaw is trying so hard to emulate different housewives characters even down to her level of glam she kills me like god bless her she absolutely kills me but I find what I find funny about it as well is like if you look at Stephen T Stephen T does you know high glam and it's funny when you look at like Rinna 
when Rinna first came onto the scene, she had her choppy hair and that was her look. She was very Chris Jenner, you know, she was very kind of like same mm. hair, same style, whatever else like that. But she just couldn't really push past it. Now all of a sudden she's like trying to become like a beauty icon. Yeah, and it's funny in a way because Lisa Rinna came in with such a strong sense of herself, both as a character in Housewives, as a pop culture person, as you say, the signature hair and the big lips. And I was like, mm-hmm. go for her. And I think she likes doing the wigs and the different glam. But you're right. It's also like she's trying to be like, you know, Lisa Kardashian. And it's a bit like the fun of you is, yeah, you've had a work done, but you are a bit more kooky than yeah. some of these other kind of like, you know, interchangeable Barbie doll types. When you look at like, again, when you go back to someone like Stephen T, like he does Paris Hilton, Kylie Jenner you know mm-hmm. huge beauty icons like Nikita Dragon and then Dorit and Dorit has really kind of like she wants that Kardashian glam but Dorit like Dorit is like one of my pet peeves housewives I'm not sure how do you feel about Dorit I'm half and half like I mean previous seasons Dorit even when I said I was watching random clips last night and I was like god she used to be so annoying I enjoy her more now because I think she's not quite the focus of the heavy storyline so she's kind of a breath of fresh air but mm-hmm. she still is a huge tryhard but then again it's housewives so they're all tryhards that's kind of the point so yeah I'm half and half you're saying you're not a fan why it's the try it's it's exactly that for me I'm like go girl give us nothing that we've ever seen before <laughs> <laughs> she both she irked me from day one because I thought like her glam has always been copycat glam but I, st- I have that same issue with Kyle. Kyle has just pissed me off because like Kyle's thing was her hair. And that was always kind of Kyle's thing. And she was always like, had her good glam and had her outfits or whatever. And I just feel like it's cringeworthy to watch them compete with each other. And Car- Dorit is like number one. And I think this is like my biggest like leave it in Real Housewives takeaway is the, the designer gig the labels yeah and I feel like that's kind of like she's got like a Rolodex of Dior and she's just ready and waiting to show people that she has it so I'm just thinking of Beverly Hills and the beauty looks and kind of their style and how that kind of obviously it gives you a sense of who they are as characters on the show and someone who's not on the show anymore but had such a specific look and in a way it was kind of dated but at least it wasn't like everyone else was Lisa Vanderpump who was almost a bit 80s in her vibe how do you feel about her glam and her aesthetic like did you kind of dig it or are you like girl this is not for me you cannot say a thing to me about Lisa I would die for Lisa Vanderpump really I would lay down my life I don't care I don't care I hate (laughs) anybody that starts issues with her I don't know why I bonded to her she's not aware of the bond um, but I am (laughs) (laughs) embarrassing but it's also you know it is what it is uh, he would do anything for that lady I love it I think it's classic I think it's chic there is a bitch on this earth that can wear a jeans and a shirt tucked in with a blazer <laughs> like Lisa Vanderpump when I was thinking of when I was talking about her in that question there literally the image that floated into mm-hmm. my head was her walking down a hallway in a white shirt and a pair of jeans yeah <laughs> Literally what I was thinking. And I just love the way she's consistent. You can say whatever you want about Lisa. Lisa's consistent. Tits will be out, hiked up (laughs) underneath her chin. She will be wearing a slimming black number. It will curve to her body. And the only thing she will funk it up with will be outrageous shoes that are borderline tacky, but we love it. And her glam is the same and it's consistent. Now, over the years, she's gotten better aesthetics, but I feel like so has Kris Jenner. It's like they all mm-hmm. kind of copped on. It's like they saw it on TV and they're like, oh, it's not looking fantastic. We're going to go for the next facelift, you know? 
Yeah, and also I think it's funny too. Like I find it interesting when people say to me, oh, I just started watching Beverly Hills or even New York, Atlanta, because you just forget that a lot of the show started 10, almost mm-hmm. 15, 12 years ago when like fashion and trends were different and reality stars weren't taken as, se- I don't want to say taken as seriously. They didn't have the currency in pop culture they have now where they can make more money off of social media and stuff. And I feel like now you're seeing that in the sort of how they're in lock with in step with say influencers and the Kardashians and designers mm-hmm. and stuff like you just see the contrast even when you watch a newer season and they're like oh my god remember when you said this to me at my dinner six years ago and they do a flashback and you're like that person is unrecognizable yeah <laughs> you're like what the fuck I have to say massive like massive award for Kim Richards for keeping it real <laughs> yeah she's the most normal looking yeah she looks the same now like she did she was a mess back then she's a mess now <laughs> consistency is fantastic honestly <laughs> consistency is what we've been living for so we've established that you're at least a Vanderpump fan I feel like you are a fan of her the way I have a very problematic love not so much now but I do for Erica Jane like my I have a similar vibe with her but um so we're talking beauty looks so to kind of go into it then, who do you love beauty looks wise in the real housewives world? And who do you think is just always making mistakes and could do a lot better? Oh, I mean, my I, my most interesting, like the person that I like to look at like a lot would be Erica. I think that she just turns it out. She's so different and she tries. And it was Andy who said it up. Uh, it was one of the reunion shows where he was like well you must do mood boards and she was like of course I do mood boards yes yes it's like duh of course I do mood boards but you can down to the lipstick she's like no I don't like the shade and I just love that kind of I love the fact that she gives her glam total free reign but you can tell that she'd be like no pull that back no pull that back yeah, I love with Erica too. Like I've said this before, and I think it's the kind of difference between Erica and Dorit. Even though on paper they're both the the glam ones on their show, and they're the ones with the most designer things. I think Dorit likes fashion and probably has, you know, whether you think she has good taste is obviously people's personal opinion. But I'd say she knows fashion, she knows labels, and she'll go, "I'm wearing," as you said, Dior, 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 Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. Whereas Erica goes, "Tonight I want to be high femme." hook her on the street, clomping to the next gig with a bad bitch attitude coming from space. Like, it's her and a few gays in a room coming up with a story. Whereas, yeah. D- like, Dorit's like, me and my gals picked a load of labels and threw them on me. Like, there's a slight difference in that where I'm like, Erica, there is a level of camp because she's like, let's tell a story. Erica just knows what she wants out of every single look. And I think she, like, she honed in and it's so like I think Erica is probably one of the most clever housewives that there is in any of the franchises and she is Mm. problematic she's so fucking problematic but I think she's a she is quite real underneath it all she's gotten carried away with herself and now obviously with everything that's coming out she's kind of like in that panic realm you know where it's like a little bit yeah Yeah. whether it's when Erica's in her power when she's her most secure and I feel like that's when when we were really getting the best out of her was like her earlier seasons because she was really kind of she came in and she just wanted to be Erica yeah and I think she came in that we had no expectations of her as as a an audience and the women had no expectations of her and I think it's that thing with all reality shows slash stars like the first season of a reality show or the first season with someone on a reality show they don't see themselves back so the first season they're very unfiltered and you can see as the show goes on oh you've seen the previous one 
Shake the Eat Housewives, they have to watch it because they do a reunion and they're literally like, mm-hmm. we need you to watch the finale before the reunion so we can talk to you about it. So like, I think they become so self-aware. Definitely. And I and it is, it's sad because you see it a lot with people on Instagram as well where like their first 100,000 followers, you're like, wow, yeah, this is deadly. And then they just kind of come, become a version of themselves. But it is unfortunate because it's kind of what they have to do. Whether I feel like the one thing that Erica did is like, she kind of came on being, you know, being wild and having, you know, as you said, in that room full of gays being like, yes, let's pick all this kind of stuff out. And she can, yeah. she fed into it, but it, it was natural. Whereas Dorit was like, saw somebody else do it, was like, okay, now uh, PK, I want to, you know, <laughs> Beverly Beach and whatever else. And Beverly she just, like, Beach. Yeah, Beverly Beach. <laughs> PK and I are working on Beverly <laughs> Beach. The new bags have come in. Jagger, mommy's working on Beverly Beach. Come back uh-huh. in a minute. Has there any, has there, I don't think there's been a launch as basic as Beverly Beach. <laughs> there have No, and given the roster of uninspiring product launches that have been on Real Housewives, that is quite a feat that she managed to do. That. It's, 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 it's admirable. Like there, I remember being like, here we go. And I was like, yes, again, go girl, give us nothing. Like that is her tagline. <laughs> um, who else in the beauty realm on the show's are you digging? And you mentioned candies. Or anyone else where you're like, yeah, you've got it. You've got it down. I love this. I love Karen. I think she she is who she is. She's like trying it out. I think that a lot of the times with her glam, it's hit or miss. But again, I respect it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a kind of commitment, isn't it? To be like, you know, we're going to give this a go either way. Yeah, I'm like, oh God, that colour is like, and she always does this kind of like, she does this like nude, but not really nude lip situation. And like, I just want her to draw, like that mole, I just want her to like Enrique Iglesias, like just really give it to us, like get it defined, you know, with a heavy layer of foundation, you need to do something. And like, that kind of bugs me sometimes but I, I do just I, I admire her commitment I really do praise of sorts I think yeah um, so we <laughs> we've talked about the ones that you you're into is there anyone where you're like oh girl I mean this is a mess I mean I know you said Kim Richards was there anyone else where you're like damn this is this is there's, a whole ass mess there's been a lot of tragedy over the years there absolutely has um <laughs> I think my most recent mess and I think it's more because I just can't stand her as a person um as a person as a as an anything cannot stand her is teddy oh <laughs> i would rather like i'd rather jiggy come back from the dead and be a cast member than ever have to watch teddy on the screens again <laughs> not come back from the dead <laughs> <laughs> or I'd be like a seance at villa rosa <laughs> <laughs> An exorcism, an ex. What's an exhume when you exhume a body? Oh my god! Yeah, and to be honest, I actually take that back because that would be entertaining, which Teddy is not. There's been tragedies over the years for sure. Uh, like you can't really talk about dodgy, dodgy hair and makeup more than you can talk about Teresa. <laughs> oh god, that hairline! Ooh. The hairline, the glam, the nails in particular. She loved them chubby squares. Chubby squares with a French tip. She rocked that like never before. I just think she was in particular a wild bitch. And also it is that thing where, I mean, it's so funny because every city has, a, particularly the long running ones, they all have a feel and a visual style. 
Beverly Hills, it's designer, it's very glam, it's sort of influenced by Kardashians. New York, they're not as crazy because they're living in New York and it's a bit more down to earth. Atlanta, it's full tilt glam with a wink and a sense of humour. And Jersey, it's just, even now with all the money they have and the success and the notoriety, they're all just so tacky They're Jersey girls. You can't, like, you can't all They're so Jersey. (laughs) They're so Jersey. It's actually, it's beyond. I also think it's hilarious to watch, like, how Luann has come through the years. So Luann is now, like, she's now hiring glam. And she's kind of realised beforehand she had that flicky fucking blow dry with absolutely no eye makeup, like thin brows. And like, you know, that where like, I'm going to be a daredevil and match my lip to my cheek. Like that was Luan. Now she's like bonafide, you know, again, she's on this cool, like creamy filter vibe, which I appreciate, but she still is tragedy to me. (laughs) Is it that because of her like styling stuff because she is still a little bit naff even though she's had a bit of a glow up she's so not and it's again it's this kind of whole try hard thing I think with her it's not not like she could have been like again look at like you have to kind of compare to somebody like Lisa Vanderpump who just has her style she's 80s she is who she is but she's still fucking fabulous and you can't Mm -hmm. take away from that whereas I feel like Luann she kind of she came on she tried to be something that she wasn't as we are all aware and it just her look just reminds me of that i'm like look at you go girl like it just it's 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 nothing we mentioned um in passing there that lisa rinna is doing a beauty line and what are your thoughts on that the rinna thing one of the things that i loved about rinna as a cast member is that she's a hustler and she's just always like she's just always been that bitch hasn't she like she's you know she's kind of like i'm qvc i'm here i'm there i'm whatever but like with the beauty i was like that's just not your lane it's just not your lane. I actually probably would have accepted it more from Dorit because at least Dorit believes that she is like somebody to aspire to beauty wise versus someone like Rena. I just think that like it was one of those things where she was like, makeup, let's do makeup. We're going to do makeup. Okay, we're going to do makeup, girls. And I feel like that is kind of, it's so obvious. And even looking at oh, the beauty campaign that she did for it and like the f- lips like the lips and the tin, like Huda Beauty's been doing that for like five years and everybody hates it. So why do you think now it's going to be any different? Oh, the tea, the beauty industry tea is being the spilled. Tea. I feel like I'm on a tea spill dot wig or whatever those YouTube <laughs> channels are called. And are there any like housewives you'd love to see uh, a product from where you think actually, yeah, I think you would totally rock this. I would love to see a crystal collection from Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god witchy poo back in the room <laughs> back in the room i just think like i love carlton i just thought she was and i know she like went down in like the graveyard history of like the most boring housewife of all time but i refuse to believe that no, i think i feel the same yeah i was fascinated by her like aesthetic was like pussy got dolls pole instructor meets like the home was like like weirdly gothic and almost satanic vibes and then also really lavish and actually I know previous guest Veda was on and she said that there's an episode of Million Dollar Listing where Carlton's house is sold and they like make fun of how crazy it looks so I like I just want her even to pop up for like one scene here or there I'm just like there was something about her that they did not tap into that I just think now actually because we're all a little bit more like the planets, the moons, the stars, our horoscope, crystals. I actually think in a weird way, Carlton would probably land better with viewers now. Exactly. I think she was before her time. 
And I think she got lumped in with Joyce. Yeah, who was just a bit dull. And I mm-hmm. I think when you bring two new women in and they don't both gel, it's like, I think the show just goes, we can't keep you both. Like when you think about the fact that Erica came on the same year as Catherine, who was a total snore, like Erica did well to survive that season. Oh my God, Catherine. Oh, I totally forgot she existed. Well done you. <laughs> yeah, it's only because I watched those old clips last night. I was like, oh my God, Catherine was so boring. <laughs> oh my God, she was the worst. And this is what I mean. I feel like Carlton got done dirty because I feel like she would have been a real spectator. And I think the sly digs that she would have thrown would have made for some really interesting storylines. Because I think what they're after doing now is they're after getting essentially six of the exact same person. Yes, it's hard. With Beverly Hills, it's like they're almost drama averse to a point. Like I even... Mm-hmm. Kyle Richards sometimes will say in interviews, oh my God, sometimes I see, you know, episodes in New York and they're so crazy and they do this and this. I'm like, that doesn't happen on our show. And I'm like, that's the problem. The problem is that you don't go to Mexico with the other five women and get absolutely polluted. Like the problem is that you don't have mad adventures like them. (laughs) That is the issue, Kyle. That is literally the issue. And I feel like when you, like when you compare it to absolutely how book wild some of the others are, they're too aware and I think the problem is with with the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and this happens with a lot of shows that are kind of set like, and unfortunate to say, and I hate the fact that I have to say this too, it happened the same with Vanderpump Rules. Yeah, where, I was actually going to ask you about Pump Rules, yeah. Oh, like, I mean, if you're, if you, <laughs> if there's two things that I can talk all day and all night about, that is Vanderpump Rules, just after rewatching it from start to finish for the fifth time. <laughs> wow. Yeah, um, and Below Deck. There is, if there's two shows that will have me hook, line, and sinker every single time, it is Vanderpump Rules and Below Deck. Like, I can tell you every single thing in the world. But what I found and what really upset me about Vanderpump Rules is that they just, like, at least they try to reinvent it. I feel like with Beverly Hills, they kind of know it's on its last legs. And with The Real Housewives, although they keep adding franchises, they're adding franchises. I don't think to like build such a viewership. I think they're doing it because it makes enough money, you know? Yes, it's in an interesting place in pop culture. I feel like over here, it's having this second wave because people are finally getting on board. In America, you can see the ratings have slid off a bit, but also TV ratings are very different now. And I think they're kind of like, no, no, it's still popular. People still like it. And then somewhere in the and you're right, there's like Below Deck now is much bigger on Bravo and has a much bigger audience. And I actually feel like that is getting bigger, whereas Housewives is, I wouldn't say falling off, but I think it's hitting a different level now. Although I find it so interesting you're a Below Deck fan because it's something I still haven't watched any of. Like, I'm like, oh God, where do I even start? Med, start with Med. So I started with Med. Um, Med is easier to watch. But what I will say about Med is that the original Below Deck, you can, it's still not old enough for you to be like, this is so bad, but you will notice the quality change. <laughs> you know yes. I mean? Yes. Um, and it's really unfortunate because they like below deck had a formula and it was working really well. They're on season eight of normal below deck. Um, and then they're on season five of below deck med. So I started first season of med and it was beautiful drama season two, incredible drama after season two, I was like, I need more. And that's when I went back to original below deck and, what's really unfortunate is that like they've kind of hit a peak now they're on their latest season and it's kind of you can kind of tell it it's hitting that it's hitting that season a slump is what it is yeah you know yeah and it's funny it was the same with Vanderpump Rules it's always around that time where you're like it's always really juicy season six season five 
And then you kind of hit that slump where it's like those, you can't really keep rehashing out the same storyline. So I'd highly recommend that as far as Below Deck um, goes. What's really interesting about um, Below Deck and what was really interesting about, I think, Vanderpump Rules and what they tried to do with Beverly Hills is there's always like one or two stars that like, and then everyone else floats around it. Yes, you need an anchor, no pun intended, for Below Deck. But all these shows need someone that the show orbits around effectively, where, you know, good or bad. Lisa Vanderpump was that for yeah, ages on Beverly exactly, Hills. Someone who exactly. kind of sort of steers things. And then even if people don't get along with that person, they are, you know, reacting to that person as well. And actually, that's why Beverly Hills' most recent season was interesting to watch with the sort of bird's eye view because you could see in a way that Denise was now the focus because she wouldn't play ball you could see that Kyle desperately wanted to be the queen bee and then the rest of them sort of orbiting around that and trying to figure out their move and this is like honestly the the crossover that happens is iconic um basically the anchor of every below deck is the chief stew which is like the chief stewardess um and mm-hmm. the long running the long time running she actually left the show only this year but uh there was a a girl called Kate Chastain and she's yes, I've mad beef with Teddy <laughs> Teddy Mellencamp yep mad beef <gasps> oh my god because Kate's an icon she doesn't give a fuck and she tweets live tweets everything and she's a big bravo head like she's really like into her bravo shows and she just tweets constantly and she had serious beef do you remember what was it, it was a bravo con yes and yeah. they put them all on the stage together Oh, what they did a giant watch what happens live with like people from every Bravo show. It was it was basically like Avengers Infinity Wars for people who watch reality TV. I was like, this is iconic. And basically they got Kate and Teddy on because Kate's big thing was like for somebody who's an accountability coach, she sure isn't ever accountable for her own actions. And like <laughs> Did she lie? <laughs> did she lie? Exactly. And it was so funny because like she Kate kind of always like tweets the whole time that's why she's fantastic she doesn't give a fuck as I said but she like got on stage and she just didn't even care and Teddy was kind of almost like waiting for the apology and she was like I'm still not really sure what an accountability coach does (laughs) oh yeah and actually now I think I was only reading something about accountability as a phrase and like kind of the quote-unquote wellness world and realizing it's just weight loss coaching given a more palatable name you're like you just want people to be thin and i mean obviously that was obvious when you watched the show and watch how teddy talked about it she just wanted all her clients to be skinny minis i was like "Mm, yeah okay this is not truly not my tea teddy like no thank you if you've noticed with the housewives cast the bigger girls don't ever really stay And there's very few women on Housewives. I actually spoke about this. I think with Louise McSharry, we talked about this a bit. Like, just in general, there's so little... I mean, the term representation is kind of done to death, but you just so rarely see women on the shows who are anything over a very slim size. And if they are, it becomes like... I'm thinking of OC in particular and Shannon Bedore, who's a longtime cast member. And, like, the way they talk about their bodies, if they put on any excess of weight, it's just... And like I said, I'm very aware that this is so personal for each each different person and the reality is all this stuff is a wider culture making us all feel a certain way but it's just so saddening when you're like I get it that it's hard when your body changes but like the self-flagellation that people do where you're like you're making it so much harder for yourself when you could like sure work out if you want but like if you also said this is where I am you would make such better choices in general even if your weight didn't change at all and 
yeah, I mean, you've got on Salt Lake. I like seeing Heather. The fact that Heather is, I don't want to call her a bigger girl because that sounds so patronizing. Just the fact that she's not stick thin and it's not an issue. Like, that's refreshing. There was one chick on Housewives of Toronto, which was kind of a dull show, but she was like a self-described kind of plus size gal. And I was like, why is this such a rarity? Like it would not, actually Emily and OC wouldn't be a fan of her as a person, but I like that she's, you know, not afraid to be a bit curvier, but they still feel like outliers in that world. Like thinness, I know it's a broader pop culture thing where thinness is still really valued, but it is really striking on Housewives, the way weight and, and body stuff just gets like brought in and it's always in such a heavy kind of depressing way. I find like with the Housewives and it's something that kind of Lisa has, alluded to over the years about like Lisa's body is banging she is the curvy dream and it's funny because I feel like Kyle's always tried to be like this the the Dorit look instead of going like oh I'm gonna be a little bit more comfy and like Kyle over the years has aged herself by slimming down yeah it is funny I mean the funny thing about Lisa Vanderpump is like she's always like oh Ken would never have sex with me I'm always fighting away I don't want to tell I'm so hideous and you're like Lisa you're cracking like on Vanderpump Rules that running joke that like at least one of the Toms is obsessed with Lisa and like flirts her like it's because she's stunning and she's still kind of got something something like but she always plays it down it's that very English thing of like oh I'm such a troll I'm like no like you're not no you're so hot like and I think it's funny because I I do feel like in Salt Lake City I I, when I watched it I was like I like Heather I like Heather for her personality like let's take Mm -hmm. out of it even though this is podcast essentially me slating what they look like but (laughs) if you take looks out of it I actually think Heather is quite a genuine person and oh for sure she's very real no pun intended (laughs) she but she comes across as quite a genuine person and I again think it's a breath of fresh air like even with Mad Carlton she was very like Carlton was Carlton you know like whatever yeah it's like she'll never have she'll never have the fan base and she'll never have the respect because of the fact that she's midsize and midsize is this new thing that's like coming to the foreground and I'm sure you spoke about it probably a good bit with Louise as well um who is iconic and incredible and uh midsize is is something that people never kind of like are now only relating to really because of, I think TikTok to be honest but midsize oh, wow. yeah so midsize is your is a girl who's a big who's a big quote-unquote I hate that fucking sentence it's a bigger girl but can still yeah. shop in the high street so like a size 18, 16, 18, sometimes a 20. That's a mid-size girl. Right. So you're not, I mean, so you're not someone who's like super skinny, who never has to think about sizes, but you're not someone who is completely shut out of, say, certain parts of fashion or, you know, you're not going to be labeled that. Like, through the way, some people who are much bigger might be as well. Exactly. And I think, and it's funny because it's like mid-size, it depends, but most people say a mid-size is like from a 12 to a 20. Some people are like, no, it's from a 14 to an 18. I'm like, well, that's only two sizes, so it doesn't really make sense. But like, it is, yeah. it's, it's funny to see in the Housewives franchises that like, that's what the American audience wants because that's what they have been like disillusioned into thinking is hot. Like I have seen, and <laughs> not in a bad way, but I have seen some absolute butterfaces over the years on reality TV. And I'm like, the only reason... And even in the love at first sight, I'm like, the only reason you're saying that is because she's thin. And you can almost like see them, like their eyes light up being like, oh, thank fuck she's thin. I know. It's dark, isn't it? It's really like, it's just, re- it's just so, 
it's so ingrained in us. And I'm sure those people would be like, oh, reality TV is part of the problem and it's feeding this culture. And I'm like, it probably is, but at least we're able to look at it critically and go, mm-hmm. well, maybe it'll start to invite different kinds of body types in or mix and match things a little bit. Yeah, it's a bit. And then that's part of the, I don't want to say the fun of Real Housewives, but it's part of the draw of it is sometimes when one of them actually, even on Atlanta this season, a lot of them have been talking about their quarantine weight gain now i'm like you all still look incredible but then just even kind of oh my god like been very stationary and like stressed out and i've probably eaten more than i would have and been like okay well that's something we're all going through so like why don't you talk about it and see how you feel about your body now that it's looking a bit different or like why not make a fucking like why not make an interesting storyline like why not (laughs) like why not like why not reach into the homes of like and you know in america like the problem is Americans are so they're a land of extremes aren't they and it's like this kind of like they have this obesity like epidemic and it's like people have to slot into certain things and you know the way that like even all their talks if you look at any talk it's like you know you get your head right you get your weight right you get to the gym you know you know people that can't tell you that you're going to do this and this is what's constantly in their brains but there's if you had somebody who was a bit like somebody like Heather who was mid-size and like talked about it normally and like brought it into like the conversation because this is exactly what I mean by like somebody like Lisa from Salt Lake it's you can kind of see the way that she like you can kind of see the way that she puts herself even though her aesthetic and everything about it is just the dullest thing in the entire world but you can kind of see that she puts herself above people and that is probably because she grew up quite naturally quite thin as well and that's like the big thing. Yeah. And even because they sort of moved away from it a little bit. But that first episode thing where she's so like secondary school mean girl to Heather. Where she's like, oh, hi. And doesn't stop. You're like, Re- that is some 15 year old shit. Like why? Now I've had moments where I think Lisa's very funny and fun to watch in the show. And unintentionally hilarious. But that moment I was like, that is so beneath everybody on this show. And that was her trying to really like that was her trying to do something, you know. And I was really sad because when I and I think that's why I really liked Heather, because I think when she was talking about it afterwards, she was like, am I not cool enough for you? Am I, am I not pretty enough for you? Am I not skinny enough for you? And it was like, oh, God, that's exactly like she probably felt like a teenager again. Like she actually probably felt like a teenager. Yeah. And that was it was a funny thing to have happen in the first episode because it felt very juvenile as a sort of thing to do to somebody. And I'm glad that Heather has actually emerged as like the likable voice of reason like kind of point of view character and Lisa has just become like occasionally very funny and entertaining but she is not popping off with the wider fan base the way that Heather is I mean listen Rihanna is following Heather on Instagram I don't think she's following Lisa Barlow no she absolutely can't. and I love the way that her name's Lisa Barlow like what a name <laughs> sixth cousin of Gary twice removed like if there was ever a name that just wasn't supposed to be famous it's Lisa Barlow <laughs> no shade to all Lisa Barlow's out there <laughs> no angry uh, messages from any Barlow's listening so on your Instagram you do a thing called leave it in you know whatever year so we've had you do recently leave it in 2020 and you run down through some of the things that like you're over or don't want to bring into the new year that you hate on Instagram and social media etc is there anything in Housewives world that we should leave in 2020 silver eyeshadow <laughs> <laughs> they still do it they still do 
he's like and again like I'm looking at you Salt Lake City like I, I get it like right the girls I totally get it I understand they are just a little bit behind and by a little bit behind I mean they're a good few centuries behind but like these silver smoky beats I can't with those I also want to like can we leave the faux fringes in the bin oh, the clip in faux okay. fringes they don't yeah. look good they're not chic they are absolutely not chic like it's just it's not a thing I know what you're trying to do the wispy bitty Dorit I'm looking at new fringe situation not for me 100% not for me um I'm also not like it's gotten better um but it still crops up the the sequin wrap dress yes that feels like a a moment from a different era but when you see it now you're like are we still doing that oh they they try it all the time and the blazer dress as well like the blazer dress is like cool was cool for a while and it's like they just like kyle richards i'm looking at you like rallying it out constantly (laughs) it is a very kyle richards staple it is it's a kyle richards staple and i feel like I was as I was saying before about Kyle like Kyle's like to be honest you could kind of just leave Kyle in 2020 you could kind of leave her in any decade to be honest because she just tries to hog every single one of them like she's just oh my god she drives me up the walls why what is your Kyle Richards beef my Kyle Richards beef is that I think she is probably one of the fakest members that they've ever had but I think it's very transparent hate what she did to my Lisa hate it hate it so much and it's kind of like with Kyle like Kyle is a rich woman now do you know like Mm -hmm. she's an uber rich bitch like Maurizio and you know the agency and that whole thing is totally taken off and like but it's like she has a chip on her shoulder yeah it's weird yeah there's a slight insecurity for someone who on paper really does have it all yeah and you know she's beautiful like she's absolutely gorgeous and her whole family is not only that it's like it's almost as if I, I could never buy into this whole like my sisters are so mean to me I liked when she was like that nurturer for Kim. I did think that that was a, that was an interesting storyline that I really like. And I understand for like Kim's own mental health and everything else like that, like moving forward, it it didn't really, you know, suit. But I just think she has always gone into every season. Like, it's like she doesn't want to be the focal point. But then when she sees somebody else being the focal point, she has to hop in. It's She couldn't possibly let some storyline go without her comment being passed. That's so true. That's Kyle to a T, isn't it? That kind of, uh, I just want to, I'm just saying, I just want I just have an opinion. It's like, well, maybe you didn't need an opinion, Kyle, on that particular topic. Oh my God, that's very true. It's like, don't subscribe or do. Do you know? And she tries to be on the outside of all the drama. Like she tries to skirt around it. Like, and she, she, she wants to be the rich bitch, but then she wants to be like, a girl done good. Maurizio started with this small house. I started with this small house. You know, this kind of shit. Like, and then it's gone back to being like, you know, your husband's worth a hundred million. <laughs> one hundred right. million. It's like you can't be that little miss humble when mm-hmm. you have so much going on financially. It's like, come on, it's either or you're either living your rich bitch fantasy, which mm-hmm. fine, go off. Or you are super humble. It's not one or the other. It's not one or the other. And I feel like, you know, not only that, but she has subscribed to the ultra bright under eye concealer for far too long for me. <laughs> that is so, and that so is... specific. We're leaving Kyle Richards in 2020, apparently. That is, uh, that's, you heard it here first. Um, something I love mm-hmm. asking people, because once you've watched enough Real Housewives, I feel like this lives in the back of your brain, whether you wanted to or not. Um, you're on the show tomorrow they say to you Carla we desperately need a tagline 
What are you choosing and why? Okay, so I'm choosing this because I feel like it encompasses a bit of me. It kind of gives you like, you're like, oh, the tea. But, you know, it can kind of mean anything. You know, I can kind of, you know, maybe I'll do a Kyle on it. Maybe I'll flip flop all over the shop. You know, you just don't know with me. And that's why my tagline is being that bitch ain't easy. But it sure is fun. (laughs) Oh, that is good. Being that bitch ain't easy, but it sure is fun. Oh, oh, that is good. And that's kind of Erica is in capitals that bitch (laughs) (laughs) possibly italicized as well (laughs) yeah you know being that bitch ain't easy but it sure is fun (laughs) oh i can i can really see that one oh my god that's iconic god that's good and i wouldn't wear a ball gown they're tragic so (laughs) (laughs) what would your like outfit be in the in the credits i would it would definitely i'd have a cropped moment um my tits would be up under my chin uh honestly like i mean i have you know as far as being a a, a plus slash mid-sized queen the one thing i do have is a great rack so they would be up <laughs> they would be out in some kind of crop moment um there would be leg i would do both so we would have tits midriff and a bit of leg um probably some kind of slit and my swoop would be my hair oh yes i wouldn't do this whole you know frilly like bells coming down to the ballroom kind of vibe no i would swoop and it would the swoop would be my hair so the other question i love asking everybody is you're throwing a dinner party tomorrow you can invite five people from real housewives be they actual real housewives friends of you could invite a husband or a side character if you want what five people are you inviting and why so mine would be so messy um and i didn't realize it was five of eight so let me just (laughs) That's fine. Now, Jim, we'll power through the eight. Fuck it. Why not? After COVID, we're going to be having the biggest dinner parties we can imagine. Yeah. Um, Kim Richards, hands down. Okay. We have to laugh at someone. And, you know, (laughs) but not in a mean way. In a kind of like, you'd be like, Kim, you are are just on one over there. A liability, but one that I I would prefer her as your liability rather than like a, a big angry liability do you know i don't feel like she's that angry i feel like you would you could put her beside the right people and have the crack uh vicky from the oc <laughs> yeah like she's problematic but she is an og <laughs> she's an og and just on a different level like there's there's planets that you know she hasn't inhibited yet but she will you know <laughs> she absolutely will um my best mate lisa of course just for because she's my best friend so um you know we have to have that heather of course from salt lake okay yes yes yeah, because we're we're obsessed um the corrupt faye resnick <laughs> <laughs> the marley corrupt, marley faye, resnick. corrupt faye resnick of course um bethany bethany frankel okay yeah just, she's a good one i just think that this is a real chaotic party it is it's messy but i like it it's messy and then to round it all out i would have to have candy to round it all out oh yeah because she's like not afraid to like have a few drinks and cut loose but i feel like she'd be a bit of a peacemaker where if things got too crazy she'd be like hold on hold on like hold on everybody for sure she'd be pulling vicky away from kim you know Right, and I also just want to hear Candy go, who said that? Yeah. <laughs> person. <laughs> she always comes out with, like, a great line every few seasons that becomes the meme of the season. Like, who said that? When she goes, who has been saying all that? <laughs> That's something I would want her to say at dinner. 
do you know what I love about Candy? Candy is just like, again, she's one of those people that she just knows who she is. So you're always like, yeah. you're always going to get her. You're just always going to get her. Um, personally, I hate Faye Resnick, but I love her. <laughs> she's great television. I mean, I find her a bit annoying, but like she, when she comes on screen, you're like, oh, something's about to happen. Exactly. And she's been angling for a spot on that show for 10 years now, you know? <laughs> and they're just like no Faye and she's like okay I'll just keep doing bit parts until you until take me on <laughs> oh my god stop she is such a character um, what is next for you then on your Real Housewives journey is there a city you're going to try out it sounds like you watch a lot of big reality shows anyway so I'm sure your your schedule is full I want to try oh, what is that Um, it's one that is it Potomac that everybody keeps going crazy about yeah Potomac with Karen and, and Giselle and everybody is amazing. It's supposed to be really reckless. So that's where I'm kind of angling towards. Um, I am one of those people and I, I hate I hate the person that I am and I hate these people that do these things, but I am one of those people. I get really annoyed when things like go mainstream onto Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, oh my God. Oh, and I'm like, oh, you're so like 10 seasons ago. So you know, on my Hey You subscription, I actually have two of them. I've one through Now TV and I've one on my fo- I've one through um, you know, the original account. So I have it everywhere that I go. You know, I pay twelve euros. Not two. <laughs> I have two. <laughs> Not two subscriptions. I thought I was bad being the first ever subscriber, but I don't have two subscriptions. I know. I need to really sort that out, but um, laziness. Uh, makes me not so <laughs> I really need to get into it but um, again with my uh, living situation I live at home uh, as I say for a house with my boyfriend who hates reality tv I just and I work all day um, and I work all weekend generally so I, I don't have a second to myself um, and that is is I think the I think the starting of a new season for me is gonna have to be put on hold for a little bit yeah it's hard it's hard to have like real life go on when you're like i really just want to go and watch real housewives like why do i have to do adult things and like admin like what the fuck is this like please do not come into my room like just leave me alone like i just i'll see you when i see you (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel like that a lot i'm like sometimes this thing like obviously i want to see my friends and do normal things and sometimes when i'm like oh i can't go out and i can't leave the house and i can't meet anyone (sighs) okay I guess I'll just watch Real Housewives for six hours then oh, like, <laughs> oh it's the worst secretly I'm like yes <laughs> and I'm of the like and it, it's so funny because at the start like at, by the end of March everyone was like I've caught up on all my Housewives I've caught up on all my reality shows and I was like I'm actually more behind than I was when I was able to leave the house it's mad isn't it sometimes you're like where does the time actually go okay so you will try Potomac I think you will enjoy I think I would do what I've advised people to do before you could jump on at season three and then you get to the good stuff like that's a way to like if you're stuck for time I'm just gonna write that down (laughs) season three because I am looking I'm looking for that new light of my life and that's why I kind of stopped with the last season of of Beverly Hills because I was like nah I cannot make, see them like make up storylines that are just so not relevant. Yeah, it's true. No, Potomac does not have that problem. I think you'll be hooked. Okay, so Potomac, I'm excited for you. Yes, I'm so excited. Um, look, you know, we could revisit this in a year. If you ever start a Below Deck podcast, I really, really strongly advise that you do. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because not only would I be on it, I'm pretty sure you could get like all of the ex-cast members because they change all cast every single season true and there's now an irish connection so i'm sure because it's Ireland and it's that small i could throw a stone and find it that i'm like 
I know a friend of a friend of a friend of hers. So Blow Deck is on the list. Um, before we go, before we wrap up, where can people find you and tell us where we can get the unpopular opinion on all Patreon goodies for that as well? So you can find me being a shady queen on my own profile, which is Carla K Artistry. Um, that's Carla with a K. Hey, as in K. And artistry as in an artist. So you can find me um, being my shady self. You can find uh, my podcast with Jen Hatton, which is The Unpopular Opinion. Uh, 2020, actually, we must change it to 2021. We change it every year, so we must change it. To oh, that's the social media page for the podcast. <laughs> that's the social Amazing. media page. Um, you can find us on literally every single platform. So you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Apple Music. You can find us on Google. Um, what's their thing called? I think it's Google Plot. Pod? Google Podcasts, not Plot. Google Podcasts. You can find us literally <laughs> everywhere. Um, and we also have a Patreon where we get really, really juicy. And you can listen to our excellent episode where me and Connor just talk in what Jen said was reality TV language. <laughs> yeah, it was like an hour of us being like, do you remember the date of the early 2000s? Blah, blah, blah. Like it was deep. We went deep. So wh- when do new episodes of the Unpopular Opinion drop if people want to check them out? So every Sunday we have a brand new episode out, which is your um, on all mainstream apps. And then every Monday we do a Patreon episode. So you can literally find us constantly um, barking on about um, like kind of everything. We've kind of covered everything. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that the thing when you're doing podcasting or any kind of like media bits regularly and you're like have I run out of things to talk about <laughs> like you're like have we talked about everything I know like we did like we um we did one on red flags um last week and people love the dating ones they absolutely love the dating ones for two girls who haven't been single in 10 years they really do <laughs> we've cracked the code <laughs> yeah we've cracked the code people love to hear about what I did 10 years ago but um uh we uh we're like do we kind of we were like is this an we did another one called the ick and it was like is this an ick or is this a red flag and like the whole podcast is just us being like is this an ick or is that a red flag (laughs) (laughs) they're in the same family but they are slightly different it it is a fine line there's where where you want to pull content you can get content that is so this ain't that the truth all right so the podcast is unpopular opinion people can check you out on instagram as well i do have to say leave it in 2020 leave it in 2019 like those highlights on your page just give me life every time who's worse like the people that do those things or me the little freak who makes a full notes on my phone and adds to it every single year (laughs) i was actually gonna ask how do you put it together we're all as bad as each other i think that is the lesson that we've learned today and carla k thank you so much for your time today this has been an absolute scream thank you so much for coming on housewives and me thank you so much for having me it's been a ball and that was the one and only Carla Kay here on Housewives and Me. Thank you so much to Carla for joining me. And as we mentioned there, you can check out her podcast, The Unpopular Opinion with Jen Hatton. There's new episodes every week and there's a Patreon with tons of extra content as well. I even did a Patreon episode with them a while ago. So that is all there to be discovered should you feel the need. We will be back next week with more great guests, more chat, more Housewives thoughts, all kinds of analysis. If you enjoyed the show today, please consider leaving a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the algorithm. And subscribe if you enjoy the show because we have new episodes for you every Tuesday as well. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe and I'll talk to you soon.